Hey, fellow mathers, do you have limited classroom time? Do you want to make the biggest, best impact on your students that you can? Then you need to start here with the Math is Figureoutable Challenge. It's three one-hour sessions of the quickest and most powerful ways to reach the most students with the most math. We're having special guest Jenna Labe. Mark your calendars for May 15th through 17th at 7 p.m. Central and watch this space to find out when registration opens. If you can't make those times, you'll want to register anyway so you can get access to the session recordings. And now, on to the episode. Hey, fellow mathematicians! Welcome to the podcast where math is figureoutable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And we make the case that mathematizing is not about mimicking steps or memorizing facts, but it's about thinking and about reasoning, creating and using mental relationships. We take the strong stance that not only are algorithms not particularly helpful in teaching, but that mimicking algorithms actually keep students from being the mathematicians they can be. We answer the question, if not algorithms and step-by-step procedures, then what? So for the last few weeks, we have been chatting about addition facts and how to help students become fluent with these facts. Mm -hmm. Today, we're going to wrap up this series with a few final thoughts about how to put these ideas into practice. Yeah. So Kim, you told me once about a group of students who were not using relationships, the strategies, Mm -hmm. but they were counting one by one. And I was like, what? Like, how is that a thing? Because I was really convinced once we sort of opened the the, the, the vision open their mm-hmm, minds mm-hmm. to the fact that they could just use them. I was like, then it's magic. It's just like, <laughs> it's just going to happen automatically. Yep. Um, so how is that a thing? And then and we tell, tell us all about that. What were you, okay. what, what's the scenario? What was going on? Yeah. Go. So I spent some time on a campus um, for quite some time, actually, that was really into numeracy and really into relationships. And mm-hmm. I got to, because I was there quite a while, I got to know the teachers well enough that we had a relationship. One day I was planning with the first grade team and a few of the teachers said to me, Kim, we are working on that stuff. We're working on the doubles. We're working on like the partners <laughs> of 10. They're still counting. What do we do? So I said, okay, let's take a look at what's happening. And so I scheduled some time in their classes and I sat down with the kids as they were working on uh, problems, right? Some, some problems that they were supposed to be solving, problem there, solving, whatever. There were some word problems. There were yeah. some naked problems. Yeah. Were pro- yeah. All different kinds of problems. Yep. You sat down with them. So that's that's a noteworthy thing I'm just going to point out right now. That what uh-huh. you didn't do was just kind of like glance or whatever, but you uh-huh. sat down and, and interacted with kids. Yeah. Didn't look at the work afterwards, right? Because then it's too late to know what they did. Uh-huh. So I sat down with the kids and listen, they were just so quick at counting on their fingers or to in until number 12. Right. That kind of like, say it really fast. And we <laughs> said that so fast. <laughs> I didn't even understand you. Say that again. Do that again. I dare you. <laughs> and, I didn't love and, and so the kids were quick, right. At what they had been doing for quite some time. And so we needed to find out first who, who owned their doubles and who owned their um, partners of 10 before we could kind of interrupt that flow before we could kind of say, wait, wait, don't do that. And so I talked with the teachers specifically about doubles and near doubles and partners of 10. And they kind of thought they knew who owned them, but they couldn't really name specific names. And so that was kind of our first, that's where we started. That was our first job. And so So let me, let me just be clear. You said to teachers, 
Which of your students uh-huh. own doubles, near doubles? Which of your students own partners of 10? We need to sort of know that. And, right. and your teachers m- might have some ideas, but they weren't, they weren't actually sure right. of their, they didn't know which students owned those relationships and which yep. ones didn't. Okay. Right. So okay. that was kind of the first thing we needed to figure out is who, who could we say own them and who do we still need to, to work on and give them more experience? And so that's where we started. We, um, I say we, I didn't. They pulled kids to quickly, here's what we did. We flashed, and and I say flash, it's probably not the right word. We flashed doubles. So we we held up for a couple of seconds, each of the doubles up to 10. So we show them a card with nine plus nine, give them a few seconds, slide it to the side, show them a card with five plus five. And we just sorted them into ones I know right now, ones I don't know yet. To get a feel for which of the students owned their doubles. And then we did the same thing with partners of 10. And it literally took about 30 to 45 seconds per kid because there's only so many partners of 10 and only so many doubles. And so we just had these cards ready and it was really just about kind of sorting the kids. Can I rely on the fact that they own them in isolation at this point? And so what I said to them was, we're going to make a list of these kids And we're going to commit those names to memory. We're going to write them down somewhere. We're going to know in our heads which kids we can identify as ones that that know these two categories or these groups of facts. And then we called those kids out, right? When when we saw them doing the- What do you mean by that? You didn't embarrass them to be clear. No, 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 no. no. So I'm going to explain. So when, when the teachers were sitting down next to them and they saw them pull out their fingers- we gently covered their hands and we reminded them, you know, these doubles. And when we heard them in until number 12, then we tapped them on the arm. We started speaking to him in the middle of the count. We, we did some things to interrupt the, the method that they had been doing for so long that it was a natural habit, right? So if you have a habit, something has to interrupt the habit that you have to replace it with something new. So you literally gently stop them mid-count. Yes, absolutely. Physically, by you know covering their fingers a little bit softly, of course, Just or kind of tapping on their hand, the arm, or, mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh. or verbally, if they were a verbal out loud counter or mouthing it, then we would speak to them in the middle of the count. So sometimes we realize the kids weren't even aware that they were doing it. And so we just reminded them, hey, double, oh, partner of 10. And they would go, oh, I know this one. Because we needed to correct the habit that they had gotten into for quite some time. Can you like really lay it out for me? So I'm I'm a kid and I'm like eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Mm-hmm. You would have said, I would have said their name, uh huh, and so. I would have said, oh, it's a double. Or if it was like like eight plus seven, right? And they mm-hmm. were about to eight, nine, to eleven, eleven, eleven. Yep. Then I would say, oh, eight and eight, and they would go, oh, 16, 15. Or I might say seven and seven, and they would go, oh, 14, 15. So I would suggest a 10 or a double that they could use to help them with the, uh, the fact that they were working on. And often it would be the facts that were the leftovers mm-hmm. um, that were not clearly a double like eight and eight or eight and uh, seven and seven. It was the ones that were a little bit off from the double. Mm-hmm. And they just needed help recognizing that because you know that double, then it can help you with the one that's right beside it. 
Hey, Kim, am I remembering correctly that you told me that before you started interrupting the kids, that you actually sat them down and had a conversation with them? Mm hmm. Absolutely. Can you tell us about that? Oh, if I can remember. Well, and so I think it's just kind of what I what I said was, hey, you've been working on doubles and you know your doubles and you've been working on partners of 10 and you know those. And so I would I wrote a couple of them on a whiteboard, pulled, you know, pulled those students off to the side. And I said, if you have this problem, eight plus seven, how might a double help you with this problem? And somebody would have suggested, well, eight and eight, if I know that is 16, then I just need one less. So that's 15. And another student might've said, well, it's eight and seven, but I know the double seven and seven is 14. So then one more would be 15. Another student might've said, well, I know my partners are 10. And so if it's eight and seven, I know that eight plus two is 10. And so then I have five left over. So we generated ways that the partners of 10 and the doubles could help that just brought that again to the forefront of their awareness. Short conversation, just reminding them that the, that one of the reasons that we care that we know partners of 10 and doubles is to help us with the unknown facts that we are not as comfortable with. So actually bringing to light, you're like bringing mm-hmm. to the top of their heads. It's not just about knowing partners of 10, yes. about knowing doubles. It's using them to figure right. out these other ones. And I think that's the part that's missing sometimes is we go through these motions of like, oh, doubles seem important and 10 seem important. They're important because they can help us with other things. Yeah. And do I also remember, this is the part that really sticks in my memory is I think, I think you and I had a conversation about, you said to them, so from now on, Stop it. Yeah. From now on, <laughs> use these relationships. From yes. now on, no, no more counting by one. Yeah. Yep. And I kind of went, <gasps> yep. I was like, you told him what to do. And you were yep. like, yes. In fact, yes, I did. think the word you used was absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes Kim Probably will say true. that to me. I'll say, I'll say, Kim, really? And you're like, absolutely. And then mm-hmm. I know you're like serious. Yeah. And, and you said to me, they know the relationships. They own these. They can use them. They're just in this habit. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to be clear with them. In fact, we've been saying on a team lately, clear is kind. I'm going to be clear. That's quoting Brene Brown. Uh, clear is kind. And so I'm going to be clear with them. Hey, we want you to use these relationships, not counting. So we might interrupt you. Like this right. is going to be a thing from now on that we're going to like have these moments where if we see you counting and you're just reverting into habit, it's okay. It's not bad. We're not, you're not ugly or whatever, but, but we are going to like, Note it. We're gonna, yeah. yeah, we're gonna make you aware. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fascinating. I was like, yeah. oh yeah, because if you make the kids aware, you make it a thing, then we can interrupt those habits. And 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 Kim, why is this important? Well, so <laughs> one of the teachers um, and I had a conversation because she was like, oh, I don't know, like they're so quick at it, and and so we got to have. So why is that important, right? They're right quick. About, they're getting right answers. Mm-hmm, why is that mm-hmm. important? Because it's not about the answers only, right? So if we leave kids as counters, then what happens when they don't use those relationships and we get into bigger problems, bigger situations? We can't leave kids counting 99 plus 37, but if they know partners of 10, partners of 100, then they can use strategies like give and take or over strategies. We're leading them into bigger um, strategies and more sophisticated thinking. If we just leave them counting, then that's all we're giving them. That's, that's not helpful. Well, and literally that's all they're going to be sort of capable of doing right. because their brain hasn't grown. Their brain yeah. hasn't grappled with more sophisticated relationships enough yeah. that their brain is now stronger and able to then deal with m- even more sophisticated relationships right. and right. grapple with more simultaneity. 
we've, we've sort of left them getting right answers in an unsophisticated way. Oh, bummer. Bummer now that you can't think more sophisticated. No, no. Like we, we have, we have some power is the right word, but we have some influence that we can have as we help students realize it's not about the right answer. It's not about fast. Cause I think that teacher was saying to you, yeah, but they're really fast and they yeah. get the right answer. Not that, not what's important. The mm-hmm. important part is helping them become more sophisticated thinkers. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some things to do? Well, you can do exactly what Kim did, but after you've built the relationships, then right. there is this part where we now need to use them. So mm-hmm. when you see a kid counting, maybe gently say something about like finger, like what's going on. It's not that fingers are evil. It's that we want you to help you use those other relationships. Mm-hmm. Include uh, problems in center work. Give homework where there's doubles and near doubles and where they can use their partners of 10. Um, also, when you put kids together in partnerships in class, partner them strategically so that sometimes kids are working with uh, a student who also knows those relationships and they can kind of egg each other on. But also partner kids sometimes more heterogeneously where you've got a student who knows partners of 10 and a student who doesn't necessarily. And as they work together, they sort of share how they're solving problems and that uh, they can both um, kind of learn to communicate about what they're doing better. So be strategic about how you partner kids. Do you want to say anything more about that, Kim? Hmm. Did I kind of knock that out? Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, cool. And then keep games going all year long. Play games where kids have to sort of use facts. And so it it becomes advantageous for them to to have them at their fingertips, to have them sort of readily use that they don't get bogged down in unsophisticated ways of refiguring those facts. We'd like to give a shout out to some other nice ways of developing relationships and getting some really thoughtful practice in Berkeley Everett, our colleague who we uh, really appreciate the work that he's doing at berkeleyeverett.com has some really nice things that he does to help students really automatize uh, single digit facts and some other things. But one of the things he does well um, are his, uh, what are they called? Math, Kim? math flips. Math flips. Thank you. I was trying to say flip it. That's not, mm-hmm. doesn't know. So his math flips can, are definitely helpful. We'll give a shout out to Berkeley. Good, good work there. So you might be wondering, we've done a series on the podcast about multiplication facts. We've now just done a series about single digit addition facts. Anybody interested in subtraction facts? Well, maybe let us know. And we might do um, some work in the podcast in the future about single digit subtraction facts. If that interests you, maybe let us know. Y'all, right now, registration is open for my deep dive workshops through February 4th of 2022. If you're listening to this at some other time, you can still go to that uh, to the link I'm about to give you um, and get on the wait list. But if you're um, interested to know just a little bit more, I'm going to take just a second and tell you about why I created online workshops. Well, a few years ago, a good uh, colleague of ours um, really pushed me to think about how we could get this idea, this this paradigm shift that math is figureoutable out to more people. What could we do so that more people could have the opportunity to have their eyes and minds open to the fact that math isn't that rote memory stuff, but it really is figureoutable. And we've piloted and tried a bunch of stuff. Kim could probably tick off things that we... Um, that we tried that uh, actually didn't work, mm. but we have found a way that works for teachers to get professional learning on their own time uh, to really dive deeply into content that they teach at their grade level. 
one way that we do stuff is the podcast where we're trying to get things out. But y'all, we can't be visual here on the podcast mm-hmm. and you can't see things. Also, we don't dive as deep as we can when you, when you take a workshop that's just on, say, building multiplication, uh, building powerful multiplication or building powerful division or building powerful proportional reasoning or back way up and build addition for young learners. Those are the four workshops that I have out right now. We're currently creating new workshops all the time to give everybody an opportunity to dive deep into the content that they teach at their grade level. One of our participants who just took a workshop said, my experience was amazing. Jennifer Harrison said, I would tell not just a friend, but anyone who teaches math to take this workshop. I learned to allow students to actually think. Honestly, I will be using all of the things we learned. If you'd like to hear from more participants and what they had to say about taking my workshops, you can go to mathisfigureoutable.com slash workshops and choose one of those four workshops or however many we have out at the time that you're listening to this podcast, because we're just creating more as we go. I'm a K-12 math teacher educator, so we've been teaching teachers live these deep dive workshops for quite a while. And we are now we've created them virtually so that more teachers have access to the learning. It doesn't have to be that you travel somewhere to hear it or that your district brings me or my team in. Now, anybody in the world can have access to this wonderful professional learning. And so I would invite you, if you are interested to dive deeper into the content, to check out mathisfigureoutable.com slash workshops. Y'all, if you're interested to learn more mathematics and refine your math teaching so that you and your students are mathematizing more and more, then join the Math is Figure Outable movement and help us spread the word that math is figure outable. Thank you for listening and making math more figure outable. Remember, we're going to be opening registration for the Math is Figure Outable challenge soon. Mark your calendar from May 15th through 17th. You are not going to want to miss these free PD evenings where you'll learn four routines you need in your classroom that are naturally engaging and encourage students to think mathematically. And remember, if you can't make those times, registering gets you access to the recordings. Keep making math figure outable.